Good morning. Take your Bible, turn with me if you would please to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. It's not very often that I preach being asked to preach a certain text. So that's uh, interesting. I'm in, uh, I'm in the middle of, actually, uh, Pastor Dean is in the middle of preaching through Romans, and he's asked me to pick up here at the passage where he left off. And our text this morning is Romans chapter 13, uh, verses 11 through 14. So let's read beginning at verse 11. So Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And this do, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Lord, we ask your hand of blessing as we open up your word. Thank you for what you'll accomplish in and among us, and we'll give you the honor and glory for that goal. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sleep can be a dangerous thing. The CDC states that uh, and I don't know how they figure this out, but one of 25 drivers under 30 have slept while driving in the last 30 days. I mean, just just think of that. that I, I don't know how they get that, that date or that, that kind of statistic. Uh, and they, est they estimate something in the neighborhood of, of 6,000 fatalities a year to sleeping while driving. Sleeping can be dangerous. Ask Eutychus in Acts chapter 20. Eutychus is the lad who Paul, in his uh, long-windedness, uh, I don't know what you would consider a long-winded preacher, but Paul uh, was preaching past midnight, and Eutychus is in the third floor window. Now, I don't know exactly what the, what the building looked like, um, but, uh, you know, if we have two stories here, you know, probably one more, think one more story up, and he's sitting in a window. Now, I assume that means that the place was packed. Everybody was there to try to hear Paul before he, he, was, uh, he was heading out. And poor Eutychus falls asleep in the third floor window and ends up falling to his death in the middle of a meeting. You want to talk about breaking up the spirit of uh, of, a, of a of a gospel preaching meeting, and here, here in the midst of it, a man ends up falling to his death. Well, of course, Paul revives him, and and all all is well with Eutychus, but he forever stands for us as a man who was um, uh, too tired to stay awake to hear the rest of the sermon. Uh, I, I occasionally we have people that fall asleep in in sermons, and I used to tell our church in New Jersey that it was okay if they went to sleep while I was preaching, because what that meant was that they trusted me. It's the, it's the person that stays awake and is jotting down every single word and every single thought. They're the guys that you have to keep, keep your eye on. Or what about the disciples in the garden? 
Christ is in the throes of the agony of preparing for the cross. He is only minutes away from being uh, handed over to Roman authorities after being turned in by the traitor Judas. And what do the disciples do? Jesus goes into the inner part of the garden to pray. He says, he says stay here, pray with me, I'm going to go in. He comes back out, and what are the disciples doing? They're sound asleep. They're sound asleep. And Jesus says, he rebukes them, couldn't you even just stay awake for a little while? Don't you understand what is really happening? Of course, of course they didn't at that point. The text before us challenges us to, to wake from our slumber, to get out of our lethargy, to get out of our stupor, to, to function in a way that anticipates the return of Christ. Now, it is possible that this is talking about personal life, and, and probably that's the emphasis in our own individual lives as we, as we walk before the Lord. We need to wake up. We need to, we need to get, get our senses about us, understand what's going on. But there is also a real sense in which churches can take a nap. Churches can forget what their priorities are, and churches can, uh, can, can, can lose sight of the, of the intensity and the vigor and the, and the war and the battle that is, that is surrounding us. Here, Paul's challenge is for us to wake up. And so, as we look through this text, uh, we're, going to, we're going to emphasize here, as Paul does, not just waking up, but what does that look like? How do we, how do we function together in, in serving the Lord? And so, the first thing Paul says in verse 11 is, wake up! Wake up from your slumber! Now, Paul doesn't tell us to wake up because we are already awake. He tells us to wake up because we are asleep. Don't lose sight of the point here that, that it is very easy to lose our direction and our focus spiritually. There is this sense of negligence in our lives, of spiritual lethargy, of a spiritual apathy, of being lulled to sleep, of a, of a, of a laziness even in our, in our lives. We, we can easily forget our duties, what we are supposed to be doing. We have just finished going through Romans chapter 12, which identifies for us a, a, a whole series of things that we are to do. Most recently, last Sunday, Pastor Dean was preaching on, on loving one another. And, and, and as, as he, uh, Paul describes this loving one another, what is the very next thing that he says? Wake up! Wake up and stop slumbering. It is very easy for us to lose sight of the responsibilities that we have in Christ. And in fact, what Paul is going to do in the next chapter, 
where, where, where Pastor Dean will be preaching in the, in the following weeks. And in Romans chapter 14 has to do with how do we get along together when we disagree with each other? How do you, how do you engage uh, 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 different opinions and, and, and things that there's questions about? How do you get along together? Well, if you, if you are not awake, if you are not trying, if you're not paying attention, it's very easy to fall into the slumber of sleep. We can forget our duties like love and evangelism. Every day becomes just like the last one. Every Sunday becomes just like the last one. Every, every routine that we fall into tends to put us into, into a, a, a sleepfulness. Now, I don't know when you, when, when you drive, if you, you get bored, for example, with Iowa. Iowa doesn't have a lot to commend itself as far as visual. So you have to, you have to appreciate what is there. And so can you appreciate the, the farms? Can you appreciate the occasional rise? And I wouldn't call it a hill, but uh, the occasional rise. Now, if you go into southern Iowa, you'll find the topography just south of Des Moines changes radically. My, my wife's farm, her family farm, is, is up where it's flat. I, I, I could see on, on July 4th, I could stand at her farm, and I can see about seven or eight different towns' fireworks. Now, she doesn't live next to any of them. They're a long ways from everybody. But I can actually see fireworks from all around. That's how flat it is. And understand that... that that we need to we need to focus on what the tasks are in front of us. It's interesting that the book of Proverbs talks about sleep, it talks about slumber, and it equates uh, probably other things, but in particular, it equates sleeping with with a with a laziness. So, for example, in in um, Proverbs 20, verse 13. Do not sleep lest you come to poverty. Or Proverbs 24, 33. A little sleep, a little slumber, which will lead to poverty. Chapter 6, verse 9. How long will you sleep? Oh, do you know what the next word is? Oh, sluggard. Yeah, oh, sluggard. You lazy, you lazy lout. You value sleep over the work that must be done. And understand that, that this, this idea of, of waking up from our slumber, Paul says this because we too often sleep. We need to wake up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. Let us not sleep as others do. And that's in the context of the Lord's return. It's in the context of, of Christ returning. Don't be like others who are asleep. Wake up. Secondly, Paul says here in verses 11 and 12, what I've identified is watch for your salvation. Verse, verse 11 says, it is high time to wake out of sleep 
For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. It's interesting how Paul describes this. Uh, He does it in terms that we sometimes don't normally think of. We understand that salvation has three different tenses. It has a past, present, and a future. That past tense is when we first received Christ as our Savior. We, we take a position of receiving the righteousness of Christ and having our sins forgiven. That happened the moment that you were saved. And if you are today here in Christ, then when you received Christ, you received that position of righteousness in Christ. The present aspect of salvation is that's where all of us are living today who know the Lord. We are, we are trying to slug it out. We are trying to figure it out. We're trying to live day by day serving the Lord and understanding the relationship that we have with Christ. So there's the past and today is the present in our spiritual walk. But there is also a future in our salvation, and that is that we will one day finally receive the promise of the inheritance that is ours in Christ. And and we will, will, if you will, be be glorified. There will will come a time when when the, the, the past faith that we have put in Christ actually finds itself in reality in the future. I I think that's the sense in which Paul uses the word salvation here. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We are closer today to that moment of glorification than when we first believed. Now, it is interesting, Paul is writing this close to 2,000 years ago. Paul actually has received that final glorification. But, but what this passage talks about, even Paul is still waiting for. He is waiting for the re- return of Christ. And in fact, if you, if you, if you look here in, in this, um, in this uh, uh, passage, you'll, you'll notice here that he says in verse 11, knowing the time. Now the word time here, there are two primary Greek words for time. The word here is really seasons or opportunities. Knowing the, 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 the challenges of what comes around us, knowing that, it is high time. And that actually is the word for hour. If you have an ESV this morning, it actually translates it as hour. But it's really the idea of, of the alarm going off. It's, it, is, it, is the, it is the alarm clock moment. You, you perhaps know people who have a really hard time waking up. Um, flash forward to most teenagers, <laughs> perhaps. Um, I, I, my, my sister, uh, my wife was her roommate back in college days, and she tells stories of trying to get my sister awake. She would set several alarms, not respond to any of them, and then, of course, 
my wife has woken up with the first alarm, let alone the second or the third alarm. And finally, my, 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 as, as, as college roommates, my wife is, is trying to shake my sister awake, trying to get her up from her slumber. Well, that's the idea here, that the hour has come. The, the alarm has gone off. The, 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 the moment to wake up is now. The time has come. Our salvation is nearer than what it was when we believed. And understand that this future glorification is what is talked about here. Notice the contrast here that Paul gives in verse 12. The night is... The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Well, what is the night? Well, I think, I think what he's talking about here, most commentaries would agree with this conclusion, I think is, is fair. The, the, the night here is talking about really what it is like living in a world that's dominated by sin. Really starts with Adam's fall in Genesis chapter 3 and, 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 and continues all the way up into the time where before the Lord returns. And, and the day, the day is at hand, verse 12. I think the day is referencing really the, the return of Christ. When, when this world and, and its, its, its ethics, its morals, its, its sinfulness will be set aside and Christ will bring in that which is new and fresh, that which is day, that which is light. The night is darkness. The day is light. And Christ is returning Christ is coming, and the change is going to take place. Night is far spent. Night is almost done, but the day is coming. And so because of a, we have a responsibility. We have, we have, we have a, we have a purpose before us to, to accomplish. And so that really leads us into the third thing we want to look at this morning, and that is that we are to work for our sanctification. We are to work for our sanctification. Now, don't get nervous say that, because we understand that sanctification is, is accomplished through the Word of God as the Holy Spirit works in, in our lives. There is no sanctification apart from the scripture and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit's work. But what Paul describes here is really we have obligations and responsibilities to participate and to, and to, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit that's working in our lives. Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians that, that God not only does the will but he does the work as well. All of that is done, yes, by, 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 by Christ. None of it is our, um, gives us ability to glory. But there are things that we need to do. And so I want you to see in our text, there are th there's a, a phrase that is repeated three different times. I'm using a, a, a New King James this morning. If you have, for example, a, an ESV, it only appears twice, but, but it, should, it should appear three times. It's the words, let us. 
So let, let, me just, let me just identify very quickly. You have therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, number one. Number two, let us put on the armor of light. Number three, let us walk properly as in the day. Do you see that? There's three different identical phrases, let us. So let's just, let's just pause just for a moment and think about those three phrases and what those three phrases do for us. Understanding that, that Paul, including himself, he's not saying you do this, which, is, which he often does, you need to do this, but he is actually including himself in this same discussion. Let us, let us all do this. These are all that all of us have responsibilities. So the first one is, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Now, we are living in Paul's paradigm here in verse 12. The night is far spent. It's not over. It's just close to over. We are, we are living in the night. We live in, we live in the darkness. 